What is up, Wrestlelore fans? It's your boy Devo here, and as always, I'm joined by the boy. What do I want to go? What do I want to go with, Ethan? The oh, the uh, no murderer. No, no, no. I I want to be close and happy. You're the Matt to my Nick Jackson. How about that? Okay. Yeah, I'll accept it. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to go with. Like, uh, we want to be positive as much as, to- as possible because we're going to get into a bit of a dark territory today, kind of, Yeah. which is we're Coco here. Beware. Yeah. <laughs> Coco beware. You know, cause he's a murderer. Coco beware. Yeah. He killed a lot of people. So, all right. So l- let's start off with this. So what we're doing is today we're going to talk about uh, a few weeks ago, the, uh, Dark Side of the Ring came out with about Jimmy Snuka, and we have made lots of Jimmy Snuka jokes on this podcast before, so we wanted to make sure that we address this one. We address the fact that Jimmy Snuka got away with murder. <laughs> and uh, also, we will, we, we, will do, um, we will do the Dino Bravo one as well. I haven't watched that one yet, but we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, because we've also made lots of Dino Bravo jokes. Yeah. Um, and so we have made all these snooker jokes. They did the dark side of the ring. Uh, they put it out and we wanted to talk about it. Ethan, first of all, let me ask you mm-hmm. this. How you been holding mm-hmm. up, bud? Oh, I've been all right. You know, I've just been uh, playing some fallout 76. I know that I, that seems very popular with a lot of people. Some fallout 76. Well, they just released a really big update, and uh, the game still is buggy as all hell, but there's people in it now, so who gives a shit? Well, that's good. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not... I, I played Fallout 4. I never did anything other than that, so... All right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's bare it's fun. It's bare, I launched a nuke today. Oh, how was that? It was very difficult. <laughs> It's technically, it's the end of, like, the game before they added all the expansion. So, yeah. It is rough. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're holding up well and you're playing video games like everyone else does out there. Yeah, oh, and I've lost 40 pounds. Oh, that's, <laughs> hey, I haven't seen you in a while, bud. I, yeah. will, I can't wait to see you. and uh, I can't wait to see us, this new Svelte. Ethan out there. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm down from uh fat as shit to s- still very fat. Now Ethan doesn't know this, uh but it's currently in the works. Um but mm-hmm. uh this is going to probably come out after this happens, but we we're currently Ethan working on a another fundraiser for a little uh podcast virtual podcast fest. It's probably going to come next week, so Ooh. keep keep your Friday and Saturday open. But, uh, oh. you know, this is a future past thing for everybody. Okay. But let, let's get uh, into it. So we have uh, joked in the past about how, uh, j- there, you know, I, I think our, our running... How James Snuka. I think our running jokes in this podcast go like this. Um, number one is that Kevin Sullivan killed Chris Benoit. Right, yes. Which we we don't really believe, but 
It's fine. No. And then probably number two is uh, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> yeah, so, Jimmy Snooker is a murderer, which we I definitely believe. Okay, so that's what we're going to get into. You, we we both watched the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring by Vice, Jimmy Snooker. Now I want to I want to talk about this. We we've talked about a couple of these before, or we we talked about Chris Benoit. We talked about uh, the Hulk Hogan Macho Man Randy Savage one. Let mm-hmm. me ask you this. Uh, or the Miss Elizabeth one. Let me ask you this. Um, also, I want to do Bruiser Brody. Uh, we'll we'll do them all at some point. Oh yeah, I love Bruiser Brody. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Who do you think you are running wanted, around scars? Who do you think wanted to do this series? Do you think the Ooh. person behind this series is a wrestling fan or someone who hates wrestling? Oh, no, they are absolutely a wrestling fan. And they just want to like, they're just like a self-deprecating wrestling fan. Is that it? Look, like the most, <laughs> the most talked about things in wrestling are the shitty things. Yeah, uh, they are. And when I was watching this, this one, it, that's when it hit me the most watching this one. Like, cause this one is a deep cut, like, you know. Oh, yeah. You you get you know the the one you know the Montreal screw job I think has a uh, somewhat of a pop culture touchstone point. Well, Jimmy Snooker was a deep cut until 2013. Yeah, even then though, man, I I really don't I really don't think so. I I don't think that most people we'll get it, we'll get into it, but I don't I don't think most people register that Jimmy Superfly Snooker was a thing. I mean, true. He's but he's also old school. Now, now the one we're going to talk about in the future, Dino Bravo, that is definitely a deep cut. Oh, that. Oh, no, no doubt about that. There, there's probably like two people that have a Dino Bravo shirt somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you, Do you think Dino Bravo had merch? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like a cap gun. I know. I I imagine this: a baby blue skin tight muscle shirt. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> that just that he, just that he just had, he had he had weights that had his face on them. <laughs> that just literally says Dino Bravo. <laughs> that's mm. all. All right. So the story we got here mm-hmm. is uh, to set the to set the scene. This is mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, and I'm going to say this from the get go. The one thing that mm-hmm. stands out for me in this is how big of a star Jimmy Superfly Snooker was. Yeah, I forget how fucking huge he was back in those days. I mean, like, without Jimmy Snuka, there is no Mick Foley. There's no... Like, so, so, on- so, so unpack that a little bit for us. So um, Mick Foley has gone on record multiple times saying that the moment he decided to become a wrestler was when he was in Madison Square Garden and watched Jimmy Superfly Snuka jump off of the cage onto Don Morocco. So the legendary moment that will, it's kind of the, it is kind of the uh, culmination of this episode as well, uh-huh. is that, that, that cage match there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me growing up, I, you know, I caught the tail end. I have very, and I think it was honestly, was, was Snook at WrestleMania four? Do you know? Um, I know Snooker. 
I don't know if he was at Mania 4. I know he lost to Taker, but that was later. Like okay. That was, that, he was Taker's first Mania win. Uh, interesting note, Jimmy Superfly Snuka never won a match on pay-per-view. He lost nine times in a row. Yeah, so my uh, my recollection is this, and I remember, I, and I I just have a a knowledge from when I was a kid of I knew who Superfly Snooker was. He was a guy that like my grandma, and my dad, were, and my you know peep, my grandparents were all like, oh, that's Superfly or what, whatever. Yeah, and uh, I just always remember like to me he was a jobber. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, because he became very unreliable and got on Vince's shit list. Well, as he should have been, according yeah. to this, uh, this, this, this episode here. Well, he was a massive coke addict. Well, yes. <laughs> Which wrestler wasn't in the eighties, though? I mean, true. I mean, like a lot of what they're trying to do here that they throw into the bus in this episode. It does seem a lot of it is just uh, kind of, hey, here's how wrestling was in the 80s. And that seems mm-hmm. to be a, a through line through a lot of these Dark Side of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And as wrestling fans, we're all like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and. Well, they're, you know, they're trying to make it, um, you know, palatable for outside people you know people who aren't massive marks no yeah i get that but it does play into a narrative and uh to me it's the same narrative of like saying that like late 90s baseball was all bullshit because everybody was on you know steroids or whatever right right yeah i mean that's true like i mean it was the 80s Everyone was on coke or an alcoholic or on pain pills. Like, and this is what happens when you get rid of quaaludes, right? <laughs> yeah. But okay, so the crux of this matter is that this is a story about Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Nancy Argentino. Yes, and Nancy Argentino becomes his uh, girlfriend slash caretaker. Right, she's he's she's his girlfriend, but also like his roadie. Yes, his road age. Yeah, and, and and so let's the very beginning. One of the things that fascinated me about this was mm-hmm. that the mindset. So it it definitely seemed like, and, and and I will I will say this. I look, I want to preface by saying this. I know that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is a horrible person. I know he is. the WWE pieces. Yeah. I know the WWE makes some really bad decisions and, you know, whatever. But it is the number one wrestling promotion in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, I feel like a lot of these Dark Side of the Rings are aimed solely at attacking Vince McMahon mm-hmm. in any way they can. Because, like, this just sort of starts out, they're talking about, like, the the background of of Superfly here is super mm-hmm. quick, and it just goes straight into him being trained after being he was arrested. Right, I think is what they said, and uh, mm-hmm. and then he goes and gets trained by the head shrinkers uh, or, or the no, no 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 you're talking about Kid Tonga. Well, 
okay. No, no, I think they said that. Uh... No, no, no. That was Kid Tonga's backstory. Kid Tonga. Oh, okay. He was like, I never wanted to be a wrestler. Oh, okay. And then I got into a fight. I punched a guy. And then the head shrinkers took me in. And then they were like, all right, we're going to trade you to be a wrestler. Okay. It, it does seem like Superfly just came out of nowhere, though. Right? Yeah, they don't go into like his old school history, like before WWF very yeah. much. So he just, you know, he sort of hits the he hits the mainstream in WWF, and uh, mm-hmm. he's got this legendary feud with Don Morocco, which which spans oh. almost is it like three years almost that he's doing that? Oh. Yeah. Like I I love I love a good old school like long term feud. <laughs> it's. It, yeah, I, I I think that I think we're gonna see that uh, that that old mentality in AWE, uh, AEW. Sorry, uh, by uh, mm-hmm. they plant those seeds that there's gonna be these long term feuds that go along, but like he mm-hmm. had this big feud with Don Morocco, and mm-hmm. it just they make it seem like he comes out of nowhere, and I, I don't like that part of it so much because he had to work himself up mm-hmm. somehow because he's from Fiji, right? They talk about, they talk about him in like the AWA a little bit, Well, but that's later though. But, but they talk about his, like he comes, it no, just... he was, he was in the AWA and then Vince gets him and Vince tries to make him a heel. Oh yes. Well, and then it doesn't work and, and see that. That's so the, yeah, that's the part I love is that they tried to make him a heel, and because you know why Vince tried right. to make him a heel, <laughs> because uh, you know, well, yeah, a foreigner <laughs> that doesn't talk English very well. Yeah, uh, and also sad to learn that he never really learned how to read uh, or write English. That was kind of sad. That's a little sad takeaway from yeah, the, yeah, the podcast. But yeah, he's from uh, also like. At the same point, like he also obviously didn't care. Oh well, yeah. Well, no, yeah. He's he's not trying. He's not actively trying. So, like he didn't care enough. Didn't care enough to try to read. You know, like he was like, "Fuck that." So at the same time, I you're not going to get any sympathy from me for Jimmy Superfly Snarka. Oh right? no, no, I don't expect that. I don't. I don't expect that. Um. Now. Yeah. I do expect you to understand how they realize that he should be a face <laughs> because he was like, he's, oh, yeah, well, of course he's got that. Like, I, I don't, I don't even, I, I don't know. Like, I want to say if we're talking about like modern times, He's got that sort of jungle boy Marco stunt. He's got that mm-hmm. wild aspect to him, and people like to root for that. Well, like, he was a high flyer, and, like, high flyers are almost never heels. Like, whenever they become heels, they always change their moveset to remove their, like, really spectacular moves. Like, Seth Rollins did it. Uh, Pac did it. Yeah. Yeah. It, does it seem like they is the you know I know not for it seems like a lot of times when the uh, cruiser weights or anybody like that's a high flyer that becomes heel they go to a submission move. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Almost always. Now we should preface because one of the things that stood out to me through this whole, uh, this whole, uh, episode was <laughs> they kept saying high flyer and I'm watching this from my 2020 brain going, yeah. Uh, this looks like something the big show could do. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, and the big show did do. This. Yeah, yeah, I know. To do top of jumpers. Yeah. But so, um the the thing with that is like um I don't know, he was like one of the first guys to ever go up on the top rope. Oh yeah, no, no. I I'm not discounting that. I I just I just I'm talking about it from the 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 specter of Well, where, yeah, for obviously yeah. from like how far we've come, but like also like in how far we've come in the forties, a headlock was a finisher. Well, mostly Ethan, I'm talking about how those 1980s rubes that were wrestling fans Mm -hmm. thought this was real Mm -hmm. fucking rubes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, like, look, I'm not going to, we, we can't discount his athleticism and, and he, he changed the game. And you said he inspired McFoley. Right. He inspired lots of people, you know, uh, from that whole lineage of sort of the Pacific islands, uh, wrestlers and things like that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. all well and good. Um, and it is kind of weird that his like most notable, like is Don Morocco, his most notable feud. Yep. Yeah, and and Don Morocco is not a name that a lot of wrestling fans probably think about because Don Morocco is pretty vanilla, right? There's nothing that really stands out about him. No, yeah, I mean, he was just like burly white guy, like a burly white guy who now lives in in Hawaii. <laughs> So good right, on yeah. good on you, Don Morocco. You seem to be living your best life down there. That's what I, that's what I took away from this, Don Morocco. Living your best life with a cane. Yeah, well, he seemed well. He's old. He seemed pretty happy. So, yeah. But uh, we get into this story, and it, it's just a a very stereotypical, like, eighties wrestling story of here comes. Yeah, but like here here's the thing. It almost feels like a movie, and here's why: there's a cop that obviously got paid off. Oh yeah, 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 there's, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred you know, percent. There's a distraught family. There's a dead girl. There's a guy who's a public figure that's beloved but has a dark secret. There's, and then the justice comes for him but they don't get the ending that they necessarily want. It's a, like a Kaiser Soze situation. Yeah. Um, so l- l- let's talk about that. So this whole mm-hmm. culture of <sighs> the whole like road dog culture of wrestling, mm-hmm. it facilitated this aspect that, so Nancy, Yo, Nancy... you didn't know. <laughs> Oh, you didn't know? No. Voodoo Ken Mafia. VKM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, VKM. Uh, so, but no, this whole like idea of uh, like road, you know, being on the road and stuff like that. 
I love mm-hmm. that the they realize and, and the parts that spoke to me a lot was especially mm-hmm. early on when uh, they realized, OK, we got to make this guy a face because the crowds love him. And mm-hmm. so they got the nature, nature boy, buddy Rogers on his side, the original nature mm-hmm. boy. Right. 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 Yeah. And uh, and then eventually <laughs> and eventually Buddy Rogers was like, hey, <laughs> Uh, this, this guy's, guy's doing crazy. This guy's <laughs> doing blow in my car while I'm driving. So uh, yeah. fuck this, I'm out. So you know what I noticed uh, while watching this? Uh, I realized watching this, I had never heard Jimmy Snuka talk before. And then they have the clip of him on like the Opie and Anthony show. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, well. I had no idea what his voice sounded like. But even then, that's, like, very late in his life, and you can kind of tell, like, flash forward, I'm going to say this. I know when he came up for trial, like, I thoroughly believe that he killed this person. But, oh, yeah. uh when even when he was on that opening Anthony interview, you could tell that like, yeah, he's not all there. Oh yeah, well he's yeah. I mean, you know, forty years of heavy coke use will do that to you. Heavy coke use and diving from that top rope, man. Like uh, mm-hmm. it'll it'll happen. But yeah, I did I did the love- most exciting move ever. <laughs> Nothing has ever topped it. So that's that, you know, I love that we live in a world where you can sometimes, you know, man, you know, can you can you sit around and see what has really changed in the last few years? Pro wrestling is one of those things. You can definitely see it. It's like, oh, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, people weren't doing, you know, uh, (laughs) indie takers or or top rope Canadians. Even just even just within like the last four years, like. You know, like um, whenever that Will Ospreay Ricochet match went mega oh, viral, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like everybody lost their ever loving shit, like the ruining the business, and now every match is that. Can you? Can you? Here's here's something. This might be a little sad, but mm-hmm. can do you think? Is there a moment that you can think of that would equate to the joy of those people? When Snuka jumped off the top of that cage, mm. and for some people that was just like the best moment of their life. Yeah. Can you can you equate I mean, anything to that in the wrestling like, world? Do, let's do a wrestling. I, I was like, saying like, do I have a moment that is that? Yeah, well, we wouldn't get that personal, but like, let's just say in the wrestling world. Um, Kofi winning. Yeah, yeah that that's a build, I guess. I, I guess for me, the moment of a shock and awe would have been when when take or losing, yeah, take or losing, but just like people thinking that was like, <laughs> I, I mean, just given that the amount of athleticism that we have, to think that like Superfly Jimmy Snuka is based mm-hmm. upon like a move that we're all like, well, well, yeah, that happens like four times in a match, right? So. It's actually it, no. It's so boring. It doesn't happen. Yeah, anymore. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the his superfly became you know the frog splash. I would say right. Well, not even no. You know what it became? It became the money shot. Oh well, yeah. 
But a top rope dive is still, it's got something to it, but, but you got to add a little extra. So the last person I saw do that was Walter oh, against and, Pete against Pete Dunn. Yeah. And, and that adds up because you don't expect Walter to do that because he's a giant. Well, yeah, Cause guy. he's like a 350 yeah. pound man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, We'll get back to it here. Um, Snooka is on the road. He's, you know, Buddy Rogers is like, hey, I can't, I can't do this. This guy is insane. He's doing coke in my car. <laughs> and uh, they get rid of him. I mean, he's a, he's a draw. And as, uh, you know, Vince. Now, is this still in Vince McMahon senior area where we're dealing with here? Um, this is like right around the time that the switch happened. Okay. Because again, like, look again, I don't want to say that I'm not trying to say that Vince is a good guy. He's not, but I do think that a lot of these dark side of the rings are just aimed at making Vince look bad. Which well, I, I get that, but it's like saying these are designed at making Donald Trump look like an idiot. Like, well, well, yeah, it's just it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? It, it, like, well, yeah, it, it's just like, you know, it's just like down the gut fastballs. Let's hit it out of the park. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's like, yeah, we get it. Vince sucks. Like, but let's get to the meat here. Um, yeah. But they end up giving uh, they say. Snooka has had this girlfriend or a girl on the road, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call her. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, you know, but uh, she ends up having to fill the role of taking care of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Now, Making do you, sure he gets the shows, driving him around. Now, do you yeah. think she got paid for that? Because they never mentioned that. Like, I was hoping that she did, but I wonder if they just increased Snuka's pay. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, That's one of those like documentary things where I'm like, you know, I think maybe you're leaving something out here because, like... Either she is like blindly devoted to him Mm -hmm. and she's just doing this all on her own because she loves him or whatever. Or Mm -hmm. like she's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, give me some money here. And not not that that like absolves Jimmy Snuka from anything, but it's, it's just part of that like documentary style making of just like. I think you might be selectively leaving out some things here to make this seem like, like they make it seem like Vince came down and like, you have to make sure that she's uh, that, that Snooka is taken care of, or we're going to do something to you. Right. I, I didn't get that vibe at all, but okay. Well, I did. I mean, I I just thought like, I just got the vibe that they were like, Hey, you're fucking him. Do you want to be his chauffeur? Yeah, I still think there would have been some money exchanged there. Because why would she say yes? Well, yeah. Because I'm sure she loved being driven around as well, right? She would have been like, no, I don't want to be a chauffeur. Just make fucking uh, Don Morocco drive us around <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, this this whole relationship. Now, the, the, the bombshell that's dropped, when do you think it dropped? About halfway through the episode when they... Also yeah, say like 60% where they're like, Oh, he has a wife. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, uh, no, maybe maybe a little bit before 60%. Yeah, yeah. But, but they dropped that bombshell that he has a wife. And did Ooh. you ever get that the wife was, like, upset about any of this? <laughs> yeah, well, I thought... No, no, no. So I thought she was uh, Snooka's second wife, was my impression that I got. Okay. So yeah, made... I thought he, he ended up divorcing his first wife, and then... Marrying this this new one. So okay, so that's that's kind of a gap. Is the original wife dead or? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really do too much research into that aspect of it. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a big thing, though. If you think about it, I mean, like yeah. you would uh, you would hope that they would because let's see, I'm looking at it right now. So uh, okay. So he has two spouses. You're correct. Uh, yep. Sharon, okay. but but Sharon Snuka, his first wife, they didn't mm-hmm. divorce until 1999. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm guessing that means that. So he married her in mm-hmm. 1964. Yeah. Okay. Jesus, that's a long time ago. Um, but uh, so that that does imply that Sharon Snuka, Carol Snuka is the one I think that they had in the. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah 2004 Correct. to 2017. That still implies that Sharon Snuka did not care about this or question it. I mean, I mean, there were some wives that were like, they accepted that their husband had like road, you know, road wives as they're called. Yeah. But I mean, it's still kind of weird if there's a, I mean, yeah, it is. I agree. Now, uh, so I'm going to guess Tamina has to be, a result of the... Oh, Tamina has to be Sharon's daughter. Uh, yeah, the first wife. Tamina, Tamina Snuka is older yeah. than me. That is insane. I did not know that. Tamina yeah, Snuka is old. 42. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yep. that's kind of a weird wrinkle to this because... One, okay, so I want to hear from this first wife. Why, why isn't she in this documentary? Uh-huh. Like, well, let's call her. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she didn't want to make the documentary. Well, I know, but don't you want to hear from her? Not really. I mean, I don't. Okay, come on. You, like, she, okay, so theoretically, he's had four children with her, right? He did. Uh-huh. And you would want to hear from a woman that was married to him while he's with this other woman, but we don't. I mean, true. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just out of respect for her privacy or. No, it's not out of. No, she maybe just didn't want to talk about it. That's fine. But I mean, like. Right. Well, like out of respect for her privacy, they, they only mention her the one time. Yeah, I know, but like it does kind of like throw a little like shade on. It's like, eh, all right, well, 
what did she know? Maybe like, did she get paid mm-hmm. off? You know, maybe like uh, her future got taken care of. Maybe Vince was like, I'll make sure your daughter is a wrestler in the future. I don't know. You know, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we need to see a little bit of that, but uh, the, the crux of this whole story though is uh, Nancy Argento or Argentino gets uh, put on the road with Snuka and they're a mm-hmm. couple They're There's, they're a road couple. I mean, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, his this is a, look we we can't outright say that Jimmy Snuka killed her. Mm-hmm. We can say that we might believe that he did. Yes, I believe that allegedly Jimmy Snuka fucking murdered his girlfriend. Yeah. Now, so the the two in this in this uh, series here, the mm-hmm. sort of um, there's a, only a few moments to me because I was watching this one hoping it would, I I don't know, like I was like expecting to be a little bit more crazy than it was. The things that stood out to me was like, one, that cop is definitely on the take. (laughs) Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, The other one was the second wife of Jimmy Snuka when Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, younger Fatu talks about being in the car Mm-hmm. When she just like plays it off as like, oh, he's a wrestler. They don't remember. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I do like when they ask that cop is like, oh, well, the guy that was in the house right before you said that he was in the car. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, yeah, that kind of showed you right there. That maybe something happened. So what do you think actually happened here? I think uh, what happened was he beat her uh, in their, uh, in their, whatever it's called, the hotel room. That's the word I was thinking for. <laughs> what was that? The uh, George Washington Motor Lodge or whatever? Yeah. I love it. And, and, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Great. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I love that that is, that is so wrestling. It's like, uh, we're going to film uh, Superstars this weekend or primetime wrestling this weekend in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Everybody go to the Motor Lodge. Like, uh, yep. okay. Yeah, I think this is a definitely uh, an instance. You know, they have that, that, those moments with the family and mm. uh, when uh, Nancy was like, uh, hey, don't take that cocaine. Like Jimmy tried to like give the sister cocaine. <laughs> yep. And then Nancy was like, "Don't take the cocaine or whatever." Well, she yeah, she got mad at Jimmy. He was like, "Don't give her fucking cocaine." Yeah, she's my like kid sister. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I would say take the cocaine, but. And then just sell it and make some money. Or, uh, I don't know. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, man, I, I was just, it does, it does definitely seem like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to flush this out of my head. If you can't tell, mm-hmm. this seems like in a bad drug addled couple. Yeah. Cause I have a really hard time believing that Nancy wasn't also, I mean, 
they do the typical early on in the episode of she was just a quiet, you know, reserved girl. Mm -hmm. And I saw the pictures of her and I was like, no, she's not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I, me, to me, this is like a fucking, uh, sort of a wild things situation. I think mm-hmm. it's like this was a coked out party that they were having in their hotel room because that's what wrestlers were doing in the eighties. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff happened. And I do legitimately believe that Jimmy Superfly Snuka is responsible for this death. Mm-hmm. The question is, Ethan, do you yes. think it's a malicious death? Or I think he went, I think he got angry mm-hmm. and I think he beat her because he did it before. Yeah. And I think he beat her so bad because he's a jacked six foot two pro wrestler that he gave her brain damage, which killed her. Yeah. And, and I don't know where that falls under the law, you know, and I understand that. I think the bigger story here, which they didn't really get into other than just a little bit, was mm-hmm. the potential cover up. Like Right. That's like, what that's, that's what I wanted. That's nobody what, was giving anything on that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. So like we can think about it like this. There were lots of drug addled parties mm-hmm. and probably people that died and crazy stuff in the eighties with cocaine and all that stuff. The mm. bigger story here is did someone cover this up? And the right. most, and the most we get out of that in this episode, like again, like we're, we're half commenting on Jimmy Superfly snooker right now. We're other yeah. half commenting on this episode of this, the series. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, you're just kind of like cultivating some outrage without giving me any answers. Like, right. Like, yeah. We we all like by this point it's you know it's uh, May twenty twenty every everybody's brother either knows about or has seen the Tiger King documentary, and right. they gave us like a pretty clear picture of what happened right right this gives us a picture of some stuff happened in a hotel room something may have happened to cover it up well that's because that's because of limitations with shooting the documentary. They can't outright say anything happened for legal reasons. Like, you know, with with Tiger King, he was convicted. He is in jail, and there's way more evidence because it happened in the 2000s. This happened in the fucking 80s. Yeah, I I think my problem with it is mostly it's like they spent so much time talking about, like, his career in the eighties and stuff like, no, get to that, that meeting with Vince allegedly that took place or the money. But there, there was, there's nothing they can say about it because yeah, nobody that would talk to them was in the room. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. So that, that's just what's sort of disappointing about it to me. Like I, yeah. like, I think we're both on the same page. Like, I do agree with you. I don't know the the method or what happened. I I definitely think that most likely yeah. Snuka is. Well, I mean, the coroner's report says fucking. I think this should be treated as a homicide. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was ruled accidental. Now, so. I do think that a part of the uh, impetus for this episode, and again, like, you know, the, like this is a thing that's been in the wrestling circles for a long time and people have mm-hmm. talked about for a long time. And you mm-hmm. notice that, like, you know, after a few years ago, Tamina Snuka was referred, referred to just as Tamina. Right. <laughs> the yeah. Snuka name has been dropped, right? They don't ever talk right. about her legacy anymore or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just still like there was just something there that I, I just needed them to do a little bit more mm-hmm. on that that side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it just seemed like I you know, you some of the other ones you did in the past were two episodes. Maybe this could have been two episodes, you know. Uh, yeah. But hey, it still came across. I, I, think, I don't think there was enough information there for this to have been two episodes. Oh yeah. Well, I get what you're saying there, but it's just still like I don't know. There's just something missing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um now it does still stick out the things that as a wrestling fan, the thing that stick out in my mind again are just how big Snooka was and then how quickly he faded away. Yeah. I mean, he became nothing but like, I mean, I remember that what the first undertaker match, he was undertaker's first victim, right? Yeah. And then anything? Like Snooker's Snooker's two biggest feuds were Morocco and Piper. And who didn't have a feud with Piper in the eighties, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So let's see. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Um I'm gonna see if I can Well get... that's because Snooker was big until Hogan. Why do you think that was? Because Hogan could talk. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I, yeah. So my childhood, I'm remembering here. Uh, uh, he was uh-huh. Snooka was in the cartoon of Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. And so that's kind of where I remember him coming from. Uh, he did go back. No, they didn't mention this. They didn't mention mm-hmm. that he like so we talked about Undertaker's streak there. He was mm-hmm. back in the WWF from eighty nine to ninety three, basically as enhancement talent. You know, nowhere near what he was. They kind of made it sound like mm-hmm. the WWF was done with him in eighty five, and that that's kind of some of the stuff that I have a problem with these vice pro, these vice episodes. Mm-hmm. They are so skewing to the negative. Right. I mean, it does kind of upset me at little points. Like, uh, you're just trying to, you know, make it seem like the worst of the worst. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, I know it's called Dark Side of the Ring, but, you know, like, uh, they can still, like, maybe be honest about some stuff. Like, um,. When do you think that when do you think his last appearance was in WWE? Any any idea? Uh oh, it was Oh, well, he had that Mania match. Uh or he no, he showed up 
He showed up. I know he showed up in 2008 for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm trying there? to. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I don't know when. Uh, What's going on? No, nothing. Nothing's going on. I'm here. I'm trying to figure out when his last appearance was for. for okay, I've got. A, I've got like a. I've got like a delay on my on my end with the mic. Oh well, I. All right. So his last two appearances. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. His last yeah. two appearances. Uh, we're in 2009. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he and Ricky Steamboat and Piper wrestled Chris Jericho. Yep. That's it. That was my thought. Yeah. Um, I do, I do, you know, when, when, you know, I, I remember, so you, you brought the fact that he was on that interview with, uh, who, who was the show, the radio show he was on the interview with? Opie and Anthony. Yeah. And hearing that, that sounded like a guy who had a story that he had told a million times and just mm-hmm. changed it a little bit every time to just mm-hmm. the most soundbite way to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. So how do we, how do we judge Superfly's legacy? I mean, I mean, he changes the game, right? Yeah, he does. Like, like you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like, how do you judge Benoit's legacy? You know, it's like I respect the work he did, but he was a piece of shit. It, it is, it is so tough to deal with these type of things. I mean, because yeah, for all intents and purposes, I mean. We can look back on him, and uh, he he is, you know, as a quote unquote high flyer. Even though it was really one move, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, he yeah. uh, he he does have that charisma. And who, if you if you wanted to think about people that are a direct like a descendant of him, who would you say? Mm-hmm. Tamina. <laughs> no, I mean like in wrestling. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say because there aren't like, like I mean, you can say Jungle Boy, but I don't think so. I don't think he's a descendant of of Snuka personally. No, no, no. Um, but like, it's hard to say because like. Snuka is an anomaly because, like, he was popular enough to break out of the mold that Vince sets for foreign wrestlers. You know, like, Umaga, you know, is kind of that way, except he's a heel. Like, Snuka is an anomaly in that in that there's not really a foreign wrestler like him that was a face. So I would say that you are, you're correct in that uh, he never had to become like comedic because right. in my mind, my first inclination would say, Oh, well, what about Rikishi? But right. But then I would say in the modern era, and if you want to equate them to being high flyers, 
uh, I would say the Usos are there, right? Right, they do do the splash. Um, and and it, it's still I mean, it, it's still that island. I mean, he's from Fiji. They're from you know they're Samoans or whatever. But like at the same time, they are heels. Well, not always though. But most of the time. Well, you know, eh, I don't know. I think they're actually baby faces currently. So, yeah, I never know with them. So, um, yeah. It was it was still very interesting to see it because you know we joked about it a lot and I think neither of us have changed our positions on this that uh, no <laughs> if anything it strengthened my position I I think if anything for me it just made me want to have like I want to know more about the cover up is what I want to know right. about so so does everyone yeah I know and we're never gonna get that so. Unless Vince just like before he like do you, maybe maybe when Vince is like he knows he's getting ready to kick the bucket he's just gonna come out and make the most shoot promo ever. <laughs> I doubt it. Vince Vince is the kayfabe. <laughs> his his, co- is- his coffin's gonna say kayfabe on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His coffin's gonna say no smiling. Damn it. All right. Well, he's he- gonna have a rule at his funeral that if somebody sneezes they have to get chopped. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, well, Ethan, this has been a pleasure talking about uh, this episode. We'll do Dino Bravo in the future. We got some other episodes yes. coming up soon. Yeah, I want to do Bruiser Brody next because uh, not like not next, but like you know, in this beyond the mat or beyond the mat. Yeah, Dark we'll, side we'll, of the ring. yeah, we'll 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 get the uh, we'll get them all there. Like I can me, I'm kind of like uh, I kind of you know, Bruiser Brody was last season, right? Right? That was like last year's? Yeah, yeah. So we'll do Dino Bravo, then we'll do Bruiser, and uh, we'll get it out there. But uh, we are going to have an episode in my air before this or after this of uh, State of Wrestling and have some friends on for that. Uh, we're going to record mm-hmm. that soon and talk about all that stuff. Uh, wrestling is currently still, we'll see how it goes. Everything is in lockdown. We don't have a mm-hmm. whole lot of new stuff to talk about at all. But, uh, you know, I, I think the world of wrestling is proving to be pretty resilient. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'll just ask you this, Ethan. Um, of you're, you're aware of all the, you know, firings and releases recently, right, of WWE? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me one wrestler that you want to see go to AEW and one wrestler you want to see me, you want to see go to, like, somewhere else. Of the people that were, I want to see Heath Slater go to Japan. Okay, and do uh, what? I I don't know. I just feel like he's such a country bumpkin. <laughs> like I feel like he would be so good. What if Japan. What if Heath Slater went to Japan? Oh my God, Cam's gonna kill me. What? And he became the next. Like I'm forgetting his name. Stan Hansen? He came the next Stan Hansen. He He's was not just big enough to become the next no, Stan Hansen. But what Hansen. if he just like adopted that like badass persona? And just... he could. I mean, here's the thing, like, people forget that Heath Slater was the front runner for NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back back when it was like a thing. Like he was like hey, oh, this kid's gonna be something. Hey, two of two of the three members of three MB got cut. Heath Slater didn't, right? 
That guy's yeah. had a steady paycheck for years. Now no, who... he's a very good fucking wrestler. Now, and who... like, I also really want Zack Ryder um, to go out. Um, okay. I want him to either go to Japan or AEW. Okay. See, for me, one hundred percent, I want Rus. I want Rus. I want Rusev in AEW. I mean, I, I do too, but like that's such a given. I didn't even feel like saying. Oh, it. <laughs> but I mean, like he needs to have that because. Yes, I get it. People make the arguments about like, hey, we don't need any more WWE talent and AEW. Rus- they need a good monster heel. And they need and he needs that. Like I like look, I've said it before. <sighs> Fuck New Japan wrestling. But like uh I want to watch wrestling from America <laughs> with yeah. American announcers and people speaking English, you know, so uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see it. I think, uh, if, if, if there's so many good wrestlers that they cut. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It's so I good. mean, so many, and like the revival, oh man, I think the revival, a lot of people are like AEW. I think they would kill in Japan. No. So here's what I'm hoping. And, and we'll talk about this. I'm sure in our upcoming episode, but I'm hoping that maybe all these cuts and the economic climate and everything will make people realize that we need to have more, you know, interpromotional stuff. Mm-hmm. I know WWE won't do it, but yeah. like, but yeah. if if I hear that the revival is going to NWA because they've been kind of teasing that, mm-hmm. and I'm also hearing like, you know, like oh, you know, this like maybe we can have those like cross promotionals where it's like, yeah, all right, you know, uh, we've only got two three hours a week for TV. We can do mm-hmm. long-term booking matches where the revival can be in all J- New Japan or eight or NWA, but they can also come fight the young bucks, you know, mm-hmm. in in AEW, and that would be awesome. I think I think the world is prepared for that. I think, oh yeah, I want to see the revival fight the young bucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be so good when it happens. Like it yeah. will happen. Mm-hmm. All right, Ethan. I uh, want to say goodbye to you right now and uh, take it easy. I hope you're doing well out there in the COVID life. Everything going mm-hmm. well for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, still working. You're down 40 pounds, man. Yeah. You're going to be a cruiserweight before you know it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know it. Going to get be that 205 Live. Uh, 205 Live. So, if, if, although for me it's two oh five, live to see you thirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan, I love you, bud. You take it easy, love you too. and I'll uh, talk to you next week when uh, we'll get some people together and we'll do a big old episode about uh, the state of wrestling. Okay, sounds good. Later, man. Peace out. Later. Bye. <laughs>